This is John Gramstrand, and I'm a certified energy specialist for CHS Ag Services in Stephen, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. Of course, this is Crop Report Day. Stay tuned for that as the day progresses. President Joe Biden faced Congress and the American people last night to tout his legislative agenda in the State of the Union address. The economy was a big part of that message. Inflation has been a global problem because the pandemic disrupted our supply chains and Putin's unfair and brutal war in Ukraine disrupted energy supplies as well as food supplies, blocking all that grain in Ukraine. But we're better positioned than any country on earth right now. But we have more to do. But here at home, inflation is coming down. Here at home, gas prices are down $1.50 from their peak. Food inflation is coming down, not fast enough, but coming down. Inflation has fallen every month for the last six months. Energy got a lot of attention in the speech, but the topics of agriculture and trade were absent. Regarding the supply chain, Biden said it should begin in America. The president also said his administration is focused on infrastructure. Projects that are going to put thousands of people to work rebuilding our highways, our bridges, our railroads, our tunnels, ports, airports, clean water, high-speed internet, all across America. Urban, rural, tribal, and folks, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. Tensions between the U.S. and China were also on the world stage last night. Biden mentioned China and its president, Xi Jinping, seven times during the speech. Despite a hardline tone, Biden emphasized he wants competition with China not conflict. Well, ahead of the State of the Union speech, USDA published a fact sheet about the Biden administration accomplishments. The list includes actions to provide disaster assistance, service to underserved producers, and support for climate smart agriculture. USDA is forecasting 2023 net cash farm income of $151 billion. That's down 21% from last year's record. Cash receipts from the sale of crops is expected to drop 3%, led by lower receipts for soybeans and corn. The animal sector is expected to see receipts decline nearly 6%, with a drop in milk prices and hog prices. Direct government payments are projected to decline more than 34%. USDA's Economic Research Service Administrator Spiro Stefanow said expenses are also going up. Interest expenses are going up 22.4%. Their livestock and poultry purchases, those are expected to go up nearly 14%. And that's actually the biggest dollar increase, livestock and poultry purchases. Labor costs are going up as well. After increasing the past two years, working capital is forecast to decline more than 11% this year. Countryside Insurance Agency hosted their 2023 farmer update meetings in Reynolds yesterday. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman was there. Providing preliminary information on ERP Phase 2 rollout, Grand Forks County FSA Executive Director Terry Miller said ERP Phase 2 qualification will be determined differently than Phase 1. He noted that payments are expected to be smaller and will have limitations. The, the ERP Phase 1 and Phase 2 are limited to funding nationally. And at this time, my understanding is because they're not sure how much money will be available at the end based on the applicants, 
the initial payment would be limited to $2,000 per person. Generally, if a producer received pretty large payments under CFAP or ERP Phase 1, they may not qualify for Phase 2. But the only way to know for sure is to review the tax records and calculate the payment. Miller also reminded producers that March 15th is the deadline to enroll in either the ARC or PLC coverage programs, encouraging early contact with your FSA office to avoid a rush before the deadline. Most importantly, uh, producers should be contacting the FSA to report any farm changes, as well as make the election determination for the ARC PLC program and or enroll in that program uh, for the 2023 year. That deadline is March 15th. Uh, we'd prefer that producers once again contact us as soon as possible uh, to avoid a rush around that March 15th deadline. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, visit Facebook and Twitter. You can also find stories, podcasts, and more all at rrfn.com. This is the Red River Farm Network. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. The Stage 1 Crop Insurance Guarantee has returned for sugar beet growers this year. Countryside Insurance Agency owner Jennifer Odison says additional coverage may be necessary. For sugar beet farmers, there's a change where the RMA brought back that stage one guarantee. So with that stage one guarantee, if you your cause of loss is before July 1st, you will only receive 60% of your guarantee. So in order to not have that, you must purchase a stage removal option, and that needs to be purchased by March 15th. That has a 6% surcharge, but could be highly recommended. If you had, for example, a big rain event right before July 1st, and you won't be able to replant, uh, that could be a big issue. There are a lot of coverage options to consider before March 15th. Otison says planting plans and talking with your insurance agent both very important when making decisions. Make sure you're, you're thinking about where you're going to plant it, what and where, look at your different unit structures, and what levels of coverage you want to go with. The other thing is to look at if, if SCO or ECO are something that would be good for your operation compared to, for example, if you take SCO, you cannot take ARC. And you kind of have to decide when you're looking at PLC or ARC at FSA, it needs to be in conjunction with your decisions whether you're going to take SCO with your crop insurance. We'll go through that with everybody and see what your best options are. Traders will be watching carryout numbers in South American production in today's supply-demand report. Progressive Ag Marketing market analyst Brian Strumman is expecting a muted reaction. Certainly the Argentina numbers, uh, Brazil's numbers too, are, are predicted to be record large as far as soybeans go. So, you know, the South American numbers will be interesting and then we'll see what happens. You know, the, the rain forecast for Argentina continues to shift back and forth and there was a little more rain in the, in the forecast today than yesterday's models showed and, and that might have added, you know, some additional weakness there. And Strumman says spread unwinding was a big market factor. When you look at the, the soybean market too, uh, Maybe there's some unwinding of the, the bean oil uh, and meal uh, spreads being unwound. And, and the wheat complex, you know, has, has been having, uh, having a pretty decent, uh, you know, past week or two here. Uh, but there is some moisture in the forecast for the southern plains. Uh, 
the recent strength on the the dollar may be limiting the upside, uh, and but the funds are short that market too, and and possibly some short covering coming into play. Sugar beet root maggot is a concern going into 2023. NDSU Extension Entomologist Mark Botel says fly numbers have been up the past couple of years, with no reason to expect anything different this year. 2022 once again uh, broke the record for uh, root maggot fly activity valley wide you know so as uh, looking at the area as a whole 2023 or two was worse than 2021 so those were the two worst in the last uh, 16 years of sampling so um, we still have work to do Botel says root injury ratings did improve last year the root injury ratings went down between 21 and 22 suggesting that the growers even though there are a lot of flies out there that they did a good job protecting roots so but we're still looking at a lot of areas um, with uh, pretty high risk for damaging infestations again in 23. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz has signed legislation to unlock over 315 million dollars in federal funds to improve roads the money was allocated to the state last year but a transportation bill failed to pass during last year's session Hundreds of farmers brought their tractors to the streets of Paris yesterday to protest government restrictions on crop protection products. This demonstration follows a European Union court ruling that rejected a French policy allowing sugar beet farmers to use a previously banned insecticide. The farmers claim the environmental regulations are a threat to their livelihood. Farm Service Agency has created a simplified direct loan application. The new paper and electronic version of the form will be available March 1st. About 26,000 farmers will submit a direct loan application to FSA each year, but there's a high rate of incomplete or withdrawn applications due to a complicated and lengthy application process. FSA says the more streamlined process will deliver a better customer experience for farmers. Minnesota Representative Michelle Fishbach is joining the House Budget Committee. Fishbach was already a member of Ways and Means and the Rules Committee. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Disease control and prevention was a focus of a House Agriculture Committee hearing in St. Paul yesterday. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor reports. The Minnesota House representatives held a meeting yesterday to discuss effects of concerning diseases like highly pathogenic avian influenza and African swine fever. Minnesota Board of Animal Health Assistant Director Eric Jopp says HPAI has been a drain on resources, especially in Minnesota. Most cases during the current outbreak have been in the upper Midwest. Minnesota has had the highest number of affected flocks of any state, mostly commercial turkeys, as Minnesota is the number one turkey producing state in the nation. Although most of Minnesota's 110 cases have been in the poultry dense areas of the state, it is important to note that this outbreak has affected 38 counties, including the Twin Cities metro area. Within hours, a flock can go from normal to quiet, depressed, and dying. Minnesota Turkey Growers Association President Jessica Westbrock testified saying in 2015 they lost 180,000 poultry and their feed mill business also declined. The latest outbreak in 2020 was slightly less devastating due to biosecurity measures put in place after the first outbreak. In 2022 our family had flocks test positive in early April and lost 94,500 birds on two farms. I found my experience in 2022 to be much smoother and more efficient than in 2015. I think as a whole, we, we learned a lot. 
in part due to my experience and in part due to the process just being better all around. While the permitting process to move birds in and out of control zones is still very burdensome for the farmer, especially when we have sick animals we want to tend to, the whole process was better communicated and executed in 2022. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. New Jersey Senator Cory Booker is calling for a moratorium on new livestock farms. Booker was a speaker at the Food Not Feed conference in Washington, D.C. yesterday, highlighting his bill to phase out net uh, new large livestock farms by 2040. The activist group Farm Action hosted the conference. A variety of environmental groups and animal rights activists also on the agenda. That includes environmental working group senior vice president Scott Faber, who said farm programs are out of balance. Faber said the government pays too much to support farmers who produce feed for farm animals, too little to support farmers who produce food for humans. Checking markets, we are three and three quarter cents higher for the March Minneapolis wheat, 921 uh, is the quote the Chicago wheat for March three and three quarter higher hard red winter wheat March five and a half higher March corn a gain of one and three quarters 675 and three quarters new crop one and a half higher March soybeans a dime higher at 1525 and a quarter November new crop beans three and three quarter cents higher of course keep in mind it is crop report day you'll have all those details here on the Red River Farm Network the North Dakota Livestock Summit is going on today. That starts at 10 in West Fargo. The best of the best in wheat and soybean research also going on today at the Alaris Center in Grand Forks. They start with uh, a welcome at 8.20 this morning. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.